Good morning. Today we'll be studying the fifth and final chapter of Hilchot Taniyot. And this chapter will deal with the four plus one fasts, as you'll see why I said four plus one in a few moments. But the four plus one fasts that we have in the Jewish calendar, then we'll talk about Tish Av and Chodesh Av as well. Then we'll talk about some institutions and establishments Chachamim made as a result of the destruction of Beth Mikdash and for us to, for that to be constantly in our minds. And the final halacha of the chapter will deal with the um, flipping of the fast days into Bezrat Hashem, uh, days that will be days of happiness and joyfulness. And just as an introduction, uh, Rabbi Yosef Faur writes about how these fasts are different from other uh, personal fasts that we mentioned in the previous talachot, that these um, fasts, as we'll see, have to do with certain ma'asim uh, ra'im uh, that were done by our forefathers and that we are currently doing, and that these ma'asim have to do with political transgressions, not religious or um, or, um, or other types of transgressions, <clears throat> and are and the the outcome of them are certain national catastrophes that we experienced and are currently experiencing um, in our day today. Namely, not having a Beit Hamikdash and not having having uh, Eretz Israel under the rule of law of the Torah. And the four days set up in our calendar are in order for us to mourn these national disasters and political mistakes that have occurred. And in order for us to do teshuvah and to correct these political missteps uh, and politically irresponsible actions that uh, occurred back in the day and that we are currently um, committing uh, albeit passively, um, in our days as well. And we should not feel that we are not obligated to fix or remedy the situation. Rather, we should definitely take the best steps we can in order to um, build the Beit HaMikdash and uh, have the rule of the Torah um, established in Eretz Yisrael. Be'ezrat Hashem bimhera So with that, we'll begin the Chot Perik and there are days that the entire Jewish people fast as a result of national catastrophes that occurred to the Jewish people in order to shake the ethos and heart of the nation and in order to open up the path of Teshuvah and for it to be a remembrance for our politically evil actions and wrong actions and the result and the um, actions of our ancestors that are um, analogous to our actions right now, which are politically um, again, political mistakes and political missteps. 
so much so that they resulted in their and our political catastrophe and national uh, disaster and dismemberment, ultimately. And because once we remember and recount these actions and political decisions that led to our current situation, well, only then will we, will we be able to remedy and mend our situation. That they shall confess and, um, and recall their political missteps and the political missteps and political mistakes that their predecessors and forefathers have made. And these are the, the days of which we recount and remember um, the political um, mistakes and political catastrophes that occur to us on a national scale. The third of Tishri, which happens to be the day after Rosh Hashanah. The third of Tishri, because Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, was slain. Gedaliah bin Ahikam was the governor of Eretz Israel after uh, the Galut of Nebuchadnezzar, after the uh, destruction of the first Beit Hamikdash, after the exile of um, the a bunch of the of the nation uh, to Babel. Gedaliah bin Ahikam was tragically assassinated by other Jews. And the assassination of Gedaliah bin Ahikam basically resulted in the total exile of the Jewish people and extinguished, extinguished the last remaining flame of Jewish independence in Eretz Israel after Bayit Rishon. The second one is Va'asiri Tevet, the tenth of Tevet. Shebo Samach Melech Bavel Nebuchadnezzar Harasha Ali Rushalayim Behevi'ah Bematzor Umatzor. And the second one is the tenth of Tevet because the wicked Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babel, basically surrounded Eretz Israel and brought upon, laid it in siege, and really caused an extremely, extremely distressful situation um, for the people inhabitants of inhabitants of Yerushalayim. And the fifteenth of Tammuz, there were five events that were tragic and happened on. This day. The Luchot were broken. The Tamid, uh, the Korban Tamid that was brought every day in the morning and the evening ceased to be brought um, in the first during the first Beit HaMikdash and the um, and the walls of Yerushalayim were breached right before the destruction. And the last thing was Apostemos, the wicked Apostemos, burned the Sefer Torah and placed an idol in the Bet Hamikdash. Uh, an interesting note that Harambam mentions in Perush Hamishnah, Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Perik Aleph, is that during Bait Sheni, the fasts were optional aside from the fast of Tisha B'Av that um, what technically it seems was optional but the entire nation uh, fasted always on Tisha B'Av 
because as we'll see in the next halakha, there were many, many tragedies that occurred on Tish Abe'av and nationally we felt that uh, we should fast on Tish Abe'av. Uh, <clears throat> and that it, despite the fact that, again, it seems to be that it was optional, but um, the entire Am Yisrael fasted even during Baichani for Tish Abe'av. As we know, um, five tragic, tragic things occurred on Tisha B'Av and is, um, by, seems to be by far the most tragic day on the Jewish calendar and the, and the most recognized national day of mourning in which, again, five extremely tragic things occurred on, on Tisha B'Av. First, Nigzar al Israel It's the decree which was issued to to the Jewish people in the Midbar, not that they would not be allowed to enter Eretz Israel. The Harab Habayit and the Beit Hamikdash, both the first and second one, were destroyed on Tisha B'av. The first Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, it seems, in the year 422, um, before the Common Era, and the second Beit HaMikdash was destroyed in the year 69, contrary to popular belief, as we'll see, Be'ezat Hashem HaRambam will mention that explicitly in Hilchot Shemitah Ve'yovel Perik Yod. V'nit ir gedola uvet tor hayashema, and the third, uh, and another thing that occurred on Tisha B'Av was the great city of Bet Tor, or Biter, or Betar, some people call it, um, was captured. And there were thousands and thousands of Jewish people living in that city. And they had a great king. And the Jewish, all, the, almost the entirety of the Jewish people and many great sages, for example, Rabbi Akiva believed that he was the Melech HaMashiach. This individual that Harambam here is referring to is... Uh, Shimon ben Koziba or Bar Kochva, who was the leader of the rebellion at the towards the end of the um, after the destruction of the second Beit Hamikdash, and the rebellion um, continued for four long years, and um, unfortunately, the Romans um, totally, um, even though the rebellion at first seemed to be extremely hopeful, and the Chachamim, especially Rabbi Akiva. Who was Nosek Yelav Shud Ben Koziva, was one of his major, major supporters. Eventually, the rebellion was um, was ended by the Romans tragically. Yad Goyim and this Ben Koziva um, died in the hands of Goyim. Ben Hergu Kulam and everyone in the city of Bet Tor was killed. And it was an extremely tragic event, almost as tragic as the destruction of the Bet Hamikdash because. It was the last um, glimmer of hope for the Jewish people um, that the Beit Hamikdash could be could be rebuilt, and Ben Koziva would uh, would um, overcome the Romans and defeat them, as he was pretty successful for the four years in which the rebellion took place. And on that day, that was that seems to be set up for misfortune. Harash tunus rufus harasha mimalche edom etahechal vet sivivav mekayem siyon sade teharesh. And tunus rufus, the wicked tunus rufus, who was 
the Roman general who um, was basically in charge of uh, Eretz Israel during the time of Ben Koziva. Um, basically, um, and tragically, um, plowed the site of the Beit Hamikdash and everything in the area surrounding area. And it seems, in order to fulfill the pasuk in Micha and in uh, Yirmiyah, that says that Zion shall be plowed as as a field, <clears throat> as a field would be plowed. And obviously this symbolizes the total destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, but um, it is something that the Nevi'im, Yirmiyah and Micha both warned um, about, and as tragic as it seems, the words of the Nevi'im uh, were fulfilled by Tunisul Fusarasha. And these four fasts are actually explicit in the words of the Nevi'im. As famously Zechariah Perechet says, the fourth fast and the fifth fast and the seventh fast and the eighth and the tenth fast. The fourth fast refers to Shiva Asar Betamuz. As Shiva Asar Betamuz is the in the fourth month, and and Tzom HaChamishi refers to Tisha B'Av, which is in the fifth month of the Jewish calendar. Tzom HaShvi'i Zeh Shelosha B'Tishri Shehu B'Chodesh HaShvi'i, and the seventh fast, fast which is the thirteenth of Tishri, which sorry sorry which is the third of Tishri, which is the in the seventh month of the Jewish calendar. Tzom HaAsiri. And the tenth fast, which is the tenth of Tevet, as Tevet is the tenth month on the calendar. So those are the four uh, fasts that are as a remembrance to the destruction of the Beit Mikdash. And there is an additional fast that Am Yisrael um, took upon themselves, not as a remembrance to the Beit Mikdash, rather as a remembrance to the events that occurred in that time. That's why I mentioned at the opening of the chapter that the fasts are four plus one, four, four fasts to, as a remembrance of the destruction of the of the both but Bet Mikdash and the events that surrounded that, and other obviously tragic events, and an additional fast um, called Taanit Esther. And also notice the difference in language um, that Harambam mentions that um, the opening of the chapter he said Yesham Yamim Bahem. And here um, the fast of Ta'anit Esther seems to be a national minhag as opposed to um, a as opposed to a rabbinic, it seems, institution. And the entirety of the Jewish people um, nowadays fast on the 13th of Adar as a remembrance to the fast that was done during the days of Haman. <coughs> as it says in the end, of Megillat Esther, that the Jewish people 
took upon themselves to fast as a remembrance for the fast that was done um, during the days of Mordechai and Esther. And if the um, and if the thirteenth of Adar happens to fall out on Shabbat, the fast is held on the preceding Thursday, which is the eleventh of Adar. However, if one of the other four fasts happens to fall out on Shabbat, it is postponed until after Shabbat, meaning Sunday. If it falls out on Friday, the fast is held on Friday. And on all of these fasts mentioned, uh, the teru'ah is not sounded, and ne'ilah is not said. However, for the tefillah of shaharit and the tefillah of minha, the Torah is read, and the portion of Vayhal Moshe, Shemot Perek Lamed Bet, is read. And on all of these days, with the exception of Tisha B'Av, one may eat and drink during the night preceding the fast. Now we'll uh, get into a little bit the dinim of Chodesh Av and the how Tisha B'Av is different from the other fasts. And to, I just would like to point out that there is no mention in Harambam about Avelut or mourning three weeks before Tisha B'Av, as some other uh, poskim write. And Harambam, as we'll see, only mentions um, certain prohibitions during the week of Tisha B'Av. And at the, as we'll see in Rosh Chodesh Av, a decrease in Simcha. Once the month of Av has begun, um, our enjoyment should be, and joyfulness should be decreased. And the week in which Tisha B'Av falls, uh, falls on. And it during the week Tisha B'av falls on. It is prohibited to get a haircut, to do laundry, and to or to wear a newly ironed um, piece piece of clothing. Even um, and even a linen uh, garment is prohibited to be worn um, until after the fast um, is done. So, to point out, uh, if for example Tisha B'av falls out on a Sunday, none of these Halachot um, apply because there is no week in which to observe these um, these prohibitions. And the Jewish people um, have been accustomed not to eat meat during this week and not to enter the bathhouse until after the ta'anit. I'd like to point out here that Harambam here does not mention Nahagu Kol Yisrael in contrast to Halakha He, that Nahagu Kol Yisrael to do the Ta'anit Esther. 
Here, Harabam simply says, Nahagu Yisrael, not necessarily that the entirety of the Jewish people um, observed this minhag during Harambam's time, nor during the time of the Talmud. And there are places that were accustomed to not to do shahita from Rosh Chodesh until after the Ta'anit. The day of Tisha Be'av, sorry, the night of Tisha Be'av is um, exactly like the day of Tisha Be'av in every way. And uh, one may only eat during the preceding day. And the twilight and the time between Shekiah and Tzedakuh Chavim is prohibited uh, in this, is, uh, is, a, is considered a forbidden time in this respect, just as it is, just as it is on uh, Yom Kippur. And during the fast prior uh, to the, f- to the f- sorry, during the meal prior to the fast, one may, may not eat meat or drink wine. However, one may drink wine straight from the vat if it is three days old or less and may eat salted meat if, if it is three days old or more. Additionally, one may not eat two uh, different cooked foods or uh, in, in our lingo, a two-course meal. This only applies for someone who is eating on the eve of Tisha B'Av after midday. However, if an individual wants to have his seuda uh, before the fast prior to Hatzot and then not eat after Hatzot, he may eat whatever he wishes. And if Tisha B'Av happens to fall out on Saturday night, he may eat anything he wants prior to during the Seudam of Seket, prior to the fast. And on his table, he may have a feast as plentiful as a feast Shilomo HaMelech may have had back in his day. Similarly, if Shabbat falls out on Shabbat, there is no need to forego anything, and the fast, as we mentioned before, is pushed off to Sunday. And you don't need to do any minhage avilut on Shabbat if Tisha B'Av happens to fall out on Shabbat. <clears throat> As we'll see the minhage avilut um, in a few moments. Halachatet. Zohi midat kol ha'am. She'enan yecholim lisbol yater midai. The aforementioned rule applies to the general population that can't endure so much uh, difficulty. However, the early pious men, the following was their practice.
בטון של המים בדאגה ובשיממון ובחייה, כמי שמתו תשעה באב, ומימינו לא אכלנו ערב תשעה באב תבשיל, אפילו תבשיל של לעדשים, אלא אם כן היה בשבת. And הרמב״ם mentions about himself and his family that they would not, on the eve of תשעה באב, they would not eat a cooked food, even a, um, a cooked dish with lentils, unless it was um, on שבת, and the cooked dish with lentils was back in the day a meal that was pretty much only for not only for but it was pretty much that the mourners would um, would eat the tafshir shil adashim halakhayod ubarot umnikot mitanot umashlimot betishah be'av women who are pregnant or nursing um, fast on tishah be'av and complete the entire fast as we mentioned earlier someone who is pregnant is um, someone who is three months pregnant or more and Nika is someone who is two years um, after childbirth limited to wash oneself whether it be in hot water or cold water even to wash one's finger in water is prohibited So too it is prohibited to anoint oneself for pleasure and to, in contrast to, for example, to get rid of a bad odor. It is also prohibited to wear leather shoes and to have marital relations just as on Yom Kippurim. A place that melacha is done, it is permitted to do melacha. And if one happens to be in a place that melacha is not done, melacha should not be done. And in every place, Talmidei Chachamim do not do melacha on, on Tisha B'Av. And the Chachamim stated that anyone who, um, who would work and do melacha on Tisha B'Av would not see a sign of beracha um, in the money that they made on Tisha B'Av. Halacha Yod Aleph. Talmidei Chachamim, אין נותנים שלום זה לזה בתשעה באב, אלא יושבים טובים, נאנחים כאבלים. Talmidei Chachamim do not exchange greetings to each other on Tisha B'Av, rather they sit in anguish, sad and depressed, just as someone who is mourning, in mourning would. ואם נתן להם עם הארץ שלום, And if in Amha'aretz, someone who is um, uneducated, exchanges greeting 
exchanges greeting with a Tamid Chacham, he should answer them in a soft voice and in seriousness. As we, as we mentioned, um, the Chachamim didn't want to bring hatred between um, themselves and the regular population of regular citizens. So if an Amharitz would exchange greetings with them, they wouldn't ignore them. Rather, they would answer softly but seriously. So, It's polite to read Torah or Tuvim or Mishnah or Halakha or Talmud or Agadot. And one may only read and study Iyov and Kinot and the had the mean to wear if you destroyed or as beautiful that um, a king may do so may do rather um, they should when they when plastering and whitewashing the building or the home, uh, a place that is the size of an amma, um, amma by an amma, which is about half a meter, should be left that isn't plastered or whitewashed or <coughs> covered with concrete. However, if one purchases a home or a building that is already painted and decorated, it may remain in this state, and he is not obligated to peel off uh, the decorations in the wall to make a place um, that is an um, amma by an amma that is left without plaster or cement. So too, Chachamim required that when arranging a meal or a banquet for guests, Something should be omitted so that a part of the table um, would be left without uh, tableware. And, um, and again, a part of the table should, would be left without a tableware that would be that would typically be placed there. So too, when a woman has a set of silver gold 
silver or gold jewelry that is made, one of the components that is usually included should be left out so that the set would remain incomplete. So too, when a, when a, a groom is about to be married, he should place ashes on his head in the spot in which the tefillin is worn. And all of these things are done in order to remember Yerushalayim. As it says in Tehillim, famously, as this is follows the perush of Radak. May my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth and not allow me to sing if I. Then I Type of melody or singing. On account of the vocal singing over wine is as it's in Yeshaya, is words of praise and song. And the minhag, sorry for that uh, technical difficulty. The minhag of the entirety of the Jewish people is to say words of praise and song towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu and um, anything of this sort um, on uh, yain, on wine, over wine. Halachatetvav. Later on, the Chachamim decreed that it is prohibited for a groom to wear a garland or a type of crown ornament. And for him, the Chatan not to wear any type of crown on his head. That the um, crown and uh, head 
headpiece should be removed. As it says in Yehazkel Perik uh, Kaf Aleph. So too, Hamim instituted that a bride may not wear um, a type of diadem in the shape of Yerushalayim, as Haramba mentions in Perusha Mishnayot, uh, in Perusha Mishnayot, Masechet uh, Sota, I believe. If they were made out of uh, out of gold or silver, however, if they were made by a twisted thread, the kala would be permitted to wear it. Halachat zayin. Mishra'a are Yehuda beholbanan omer are kochecha hayumidbar. If any anyone who happens to see the cities of Yehuda in their destruction says the following pasuk from Yeshaya that your holy and distinguished cities have become wilderness and desolate, the Korea. And does in Kerian tears one's clothes, just as in Avelud, as we'll see, Bezat Hashem in Hot Avelud Perktet. Rayushalayim Behurbana, Merbet Kotchenu Vitif Artenu Vekorea. Anyone who sees Yerushalayim as it is uh, in its destruction, standing in its destruction, must say the Pasuk in Yeshaya, also Perik Samich Dalid, uh, our bet, our distinguished place in Bet Amigdash. In place of glory, has um, has become uh, burned. The continuation of the pasuk goes, and must do kiriya as well. And from when is an individual obligated to do kiriya? Min hatsofim, from when he may see and see Yerushalayim. Some happen to take this uh, that this refers to. Har Hatsufim, the mountain called Mount Scopus that you can scope on Yushalayim. But it seems that the Harambam is referring to any place in which you can see and have a view of Yerushalayim. And when an individual reaches the place of the Beta Mikdash, one should do another Kiri'ah. If an individual happens to encounter the Mikdash first. For example, if he came from the east uh, for from Midbar Yehuda, he should do the Kiri'ah for the Mikdash and add to that Kiri'ah for uh, Yerushalayim. It only needs one Kiri'ah, one long Kiri'ah. Halcha Yodzain. Kol ha-Kira'im ha-El lekulan be-yado u-me-omad. kol kesut she-alav ad she-yigale et libo. All of these Kiri'ot, these tearings of garments, should all be done by hand, should all be done standing up, and should be done uh, exposing one's heart, obviously implying that one should tear all the garments um, an individual is wearing until his heart is exposed. And one may not re sew regularly these tearings, these kiriot. However, one may stitch Restitch with weak threads the garment, lemalilan, or to re-sew with few stitches, lelakitan, or to re-sew but with stitches that are scattered, uletofran kemin sulamut, or to sew it uh, with a type of ladder uh, stitch that would show that that it is not totally re-sewed and <coughs> just like the other uh, stitches mentioned.
הלכה יוד חט. היה הולך ובא לירושלים, הולך ובא, אם תוך שלושים יום אינו קורע קרע אחר, ואם לאחר שלושים יום חוזר וקורע. If someone visits Yerushalayim repeatedly, the rule is the following. If he um, visits Yerushalayim within 30 days of a previous visit, he does not need to do Kiri'ah. However, if it is after 30 days, he um, must do Kiri'ah again. Halakha Yotet, the final halakha of this chapter and of Hilchot Ta'anuyot. Harambam beautifully ends this chapter on um, a hopeful note and on a beautiful uh, mentioned above our death um, cancelled or above of Mashiach not indeed and not only that but they are destined to be turned into festive and joyful days, days of rejoicing and happiness, as it says famously in Zechariah Perek Het, Just as Harambam opened up this chapter um, in Perek, uh, in Halakha, rather Halakha Dalet of this chapter, mentioning the four Ta'aniyot um, as uh, sources for our fasting on these days. Uh, in Halakha Dalet, Rambam beautifully closes the chapter with a full mentioning of this pasuk, which translated goes the following. Thus, God... of Yehuda uh, for days of joy and happiness and cheerful days. Therefore, love, truth, and peace as Be'ezat Hashem uh, with the coming of Mashiach we will see these uh, days uh, to be fulfilled as days of happiness and joyfulness as uh, Zechariah describes Baruch Adonai Le'olam Amen Amen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>